0: Thanks Adam for sharing what's going on and leading us in our local missions, international missions, what God is doing through this church and what God is doing around the world. I think it's important that we remind ourselves that we gather together, stir each other up for the purposes and the good works that God's called us to because if you're honest or if you're normal, you forget sometimes. You get distracted, you get bogged down, you get all wrung out over here and you need to be reminded. And I'll tell you what, what I feel God's doing today, we only have about 24 minutes left and we have to go. So I want to make sure that when you go today, you leave as the church filled with the Holy Spirit. It's Pentecost Sunday. And you shake off any lethargy or any apathy or any distractions or any challenges you're going through. And you pull out your sword, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God and the shield of faith, and keep your helmet on and say, all right, Lord, let's go. I can't believe I'm alive. You got a pulse? You got a purpose. purpose." And you need to be reminded of this because you you get beat up. I was at a CrossFit competition yesterday. I don't know why I did that, but I did it. And I was in Albany, and it was, it was four workouts all day long, four hard workouts. And after the first three, I thought I died. And I went and laid down. Turns out I wasn't dead, and I had to get up, you know. And, and I was going to do the fourth workout, and I was just kind of walking around, going, okay, all i got to do is suffer for another 12 minutes. And I get to go home, and I really wasn't feeling good. Ollie and Sarah were there. And I talked to Ollie, and he said, man, he had just done the workout. And he said, once you get going, once the clock starts and get going, it actually everything goes away, and you feel great. I was like, you're lying to me. Don't lie to me, dude. And I just chose to believe it didn't help. Didn't help anything. And then what happened was is the clock started and the workout began. And it was my best workout of the day. Felt great. Felt great afterwards, till I got home, collapsed. And my point is, sometimes we just need to be reminded, hey, there's good stuff going on. Just get out into the into the ring. Get out into obedience. Follow the Lord. God's doing things, and you forget, I forget, and so We're locally partnering with Grace Winshaven to put a roof on their building. That's an awesome opportunity. We're going down to Mexico to do the same thing with a a family down there that is committed to reaching out into their neighborhood and we're going to be a part of that. There's all kinds of things going on and I'll tell you what, if you get bogged down or distracted or overwhelmed, shake it off, get into God's Word, ask Him to fill you with His Holy Spirit and say, Lord, would you give me my marching orders again for this day? Help me not to worry about all the other stuff that's going on, all the people saying this and that. Help me to stay focused on what's going on right in front of me. And maybe you'll be like Luke Wilson who just went to Cambodia and just got back. Not everyone knows this, but while Luke was in Cambodia, he got real sick, real sick in the jungle where there was no care. And his parents reached out to the prayer team and said, hey, pray for Luke. He's not well. You can imagine a parent's heartbeat at that point. So we all labored in prayer and he's back. An opportunity, an experience, a challenge, a difficulty. And the things that God has called us to are not easy, but they're difficult. And they require faith. How many of you guys have some faith this morning? Okay. How many of you guys are honest that your faith gets tested every day though? How many of you guys have faith that gets thin every once in a while? Okay. How many of you guys don't want to raise your hand anymore? You know what I'm saying? I get it. Sometimes I put my notes together and I ask a bunch of questions in my notes. I'm like, That's too many questions, too many questions. God has called us for such a time as this. And he is not opposed to testing you in this life, listen, while simultaneously accomplishing his will. How many of you guys want God, <laughs> don't raise your hand, how many of you guys want God, though, to accomplish his will without testing you? Like, just do it, bro. What's your problem? Why are you testing me? How many of you guys want a good announcement about the hill, about the land? Me too. <laughs> Me too, Lord. Me too. Jesus has need of it. Jesus has need of the hill, Lord. Here's what I want you guys to pray. Uh, good things are happening. There are movements moving forward. I want to give you guys an update about the land. All right, we are being kicked out of this building. End of 2023, bulldozers will come in. We have to, have to go somewhere. That's uh, 18 months to get out. I think it's just doable. And so God has put us in this position to trust him. But I need you guys to pray. And here's how I want you guys to pray this week. I want you to pray. I'm just going to rebuke you a little bit. And you, maybe this won't fall on you. But I want you to pray real prayers of faith. Pray real prayer. We've been praying for so long now that it's kind of like, uh, uh, amen. Friday last, not two days ago, but last, my wife was praying about 6.30 in the morning. She, she told me the story later after the day had transpired and she was praying for the land, praying for the school, praying for the building and she said she felt the Lord speak to her and say, Crystal, pray a real prayer of faith. And so she did. She prayed on Friday. She prayed a prayer of faith on Friday, nine days ago, and she prayed that we would be breaking ground in June. It's June. And on that very Friday, nine days ago, there were some things that transpired. Some uh, people that are very important to the conversation that agreed to some, some terms, some, some offers that were on the table. They agreed and said, okay, I like what I see. Let's move forward. And it was on that same day that catapulted us forward into where we need to go next. And so here's what I want you guys to do pray prayers of faith. And maybe you're like me, like, I've been doing that. I'm tired. I wonder. Maybe you would even say, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Well, which one is it? It's both. It's both. There's this great story, and we might not even get into Philippians today. Forgive me. We might not. Might not happen. Praise God. There's this great story in the book of Zechariah, it's also in the book of Ezra, it's also during the time of Haggai the prophet. And Ezra had been sent to rebuild the temple of God, the house of God, the place of worship. And Ezra had been sent and while he began to build he laid the foundation of the temple and all of a sudden there was some opposition. It's not all detailed but there was opposition, opposition from some neighbors and from some people around and from all kinds of things that were weighing down on him and the building of the temple stopped for fifteen years. How many of you guys think 15 is a long time? It's a long time! And then God raised up Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the prophet and He sent these two prophets to Ezra. And I'm going to read to you the entirety of chapter 4 of the book of Zechariah. There's a verse that maybe you've heard quoted, maybe you should memorize, and the verse is this, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. You guys ever heard that? Zechariah 4.6. If you're going to get a tattoo over the next spring break, get that one. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And it's a promise from Zechariah to Ezra 15 years post the beginning of the project. And God shows up through Zechariah and says, hey, Ezra, how you doing? He's like, well, I'm a little tired. I'm a little thin. A little calloused. A little unengaged. A little pessimistic. A little sarcastic. Whatever. He says, okay, listen. And this is Zechariah chapter 4. It says, now the angel who talked with me, this is Zechariah, came back and wakened me as a man who was awakened out of his sleep. And he said to me, what do you see? And so I said, I am looking and there's a lampstand of solid gold with a bowl on top of it. And the stand, seven lamps with seven pipes to the seven lamps. And two olive trees are by it. One on the right of the bowl and the other on its left. So I answered and spoke to the angel who talked with me saying, what are these, my Lord? And the angel who talked with me answered and said to to me, do you not know what these are? And I said, no, my Lord. I always stop when I get to that part. Zechariah the prophet receives a vision. He sees it in totality. And he asks the Lord, what does it mean? He's like, don't you know? No. Mm, That's why I asked. You ever find yourself Receiving from the Lord. Walking with the Lord. But you have no idea what's going on. And you ask. And you lean in. Lord, what's going on here? What's going on in my marriage? What's going on in our country? What's going on in my ministry? What's going on with my health? And we're tested. God tests us while simultaneously accomplishing His will. He will not just give you everything you want. He will not just make the way straight for you without some tests along the way. I don't like the tests. Get used to the tests. Zechariah leans into the Lord and like, What's this about? He's like, don't you know? No idea. And so the Lord tells him. So he answered and he said to me, verse 6, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. It's not even about Zechariah. It's to this priest who was building. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain before Zerubbabel? You shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace. And grace to it, the capstone is that finishing product The finality of the temple build that had been on hiatus and pause for 15 years. Verse 8, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of the temple. He's done the work, and his hands shall also finish it. And then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. For who has despised the day of small things? For these seven rejoice to see the plumb line in the hand of, the, of Zerubbabel. They are the eyes of the Lord which scan to and fro throughout the whole earth. Verse 11. Then I answered and said to him, What are these two olive branches at the right of the temple and at its left? And I further answered and said to him, What are these two olive branches that drip into the receptacles of the two gold pipes? from which the golden oil drains. And he said, do you not know what these are? And I said, no, my Lord. So he said, these are the two anointed ones who stand beside the Lord of the whole earth. Stop right there, eyes up here. Guys, I believe that the best is yet to come. I really do. Otherwise, I'll want off the ride. I don't want to be here anymore. But I've read the Bible. I know God's character, that He tests us. That he allows us to walk through certain valleys and certain seasons before he takes us to the mountaintops. Before he does for us what he said he's going to do among us, he needs to do something in us and God has been doing that here at South Beach Church. God had a plan for Zerubbabel. He started the foundational build but God wasn't ready and he needed to do something in Zerubbabel before not by might nor by power but by my spirit says the Lord. I'll tell you one thing about South Beach Church that we have known from the very beginning that if it's us who are doing it, it's not going to be his glory, it's going to be our glory. It has to be all God's glory. And when people look at the Oregon coast, like, wait, there's something going on out there? Don't you know that the Oregon coast is fallow ground? can't grow a church there on the coast, man. People have tried. It doesn't work that way. Unless the Lord builds a house, they labor in vain who build it. And God has tested us. And I believe He still will test us. And I'm okay with that. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. The olive trees... Speaking of the spirit of God, the power of God, the wealth of God, the glory of God, fueling those lampstands. In those days to fuel a lampstand, you needed oil. You couldn't just go somewhere and get it. You needed olive trees and oil presses and you needed all of these ornate objects. And he says those are going to be perpetually fueling God's plan as he builds it for his glory and for others' good. And so here's what I want you guys to do. All this is an announcement, by the way. Can you believe it or not? An announcement that goes nowhere except to put the mandate on you this month, this week, to pray prayers of faith. I believe that the best is yet to come and I believe that God is going to get the glory because it's not by might nor by power but by my spirit, says the Lord. And this is not just for the church and for what God's doing. This is in your life as well. What do you need right now? You need miracles. You need power. You need anointing. You need Him to fill you again. You need Him to heal a relationship with a son or a daughter or with someone around you. He can. He will. It's what He does. And you might say, it's been 15 years. I don't have enough oil. I don't have enough power. I don't have enough strength. And He has a perpetual source of power and strength for your life if you would just say, yes, Lord, have your way in me. And you might say, yeah, but I don't know what's going on like Zechariah did. And you see the vision and you hear the preacher talking, like I don't know what this guy's talking about. You leave here with the Lord and say, Lord, take my life. Use me for such a time as this. And maybe me, like in my fourth workout of the day yesterday, I, I didn't want to do it. And you just show up and you step out. With that in mind, would you pray with me? Before we get into Philippians chapter 3, we're going to do it. We're going we're to finish the book today. We're just doing it. Lord, we thank you and we love you in Jesus' name. And I pray, God, thanksgiving. And, and I want to be the first to say, Lord, would you fill up this vessel would you fill up this vessel? Maybe you would join me to say it under your breath. Just fill up this vessel or fill me up, Jesus. Fill me up for the ministry you've called me to. And maybe you're 15 years into your marriage. Maybe you're only 15 years old here. Maybe you're 15 years into a career. Maybe you're 15 years. Maybe you're 15 months. I don't know what's going on with you. But you would say, man, I'm just out. I have no oil. I have no power. I have no light. And the Lord says, say, hey, it's not by power and it's not by might, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. Lord, would you fill this church again? Would you fill the individuals here? We don't want to just play church. We're not here just to hear a few songs and hear a story and go home, Lord. We want to be transformed. We want to be changed. We want to be inspired, Lord. We want to be set on fire. So would you do that in Jesus' name? Let those tongues of fire, Lord, be upon us. Forgive us of our sins too. Lord, something tells me that during that time, Zerubbabel the priest during those 15 years, stuff came out of him. He was a different man. And I pray that if you are working on our character Who we are. We let you have your way in us, Lord. Strip away all those things that are lesser that we might gain Christ, that we might run the race, Lord, with joy in the ministry that you set us out to do, Lord. Bless and anoint this church, Lord. Secure the land, for you have need of it, Lord. For the school, for the church, for this community, that our lights, Lord, would so shine before this world that they would see, Lord, our good deeds and glorify our Father in heaven. We pray, God, you would break free the land in Jesus' name, Lord, this week, Lord, that the things would transpire that need to transpire in Jesus' name, Lord. That you would do that, Lord. Lead us and guide us. We give our lives to you. We surrender everything we have. Thank you for doing it first, for showing us how it's done. We follow you, our Savior and our Master. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. You're not done yet. Open up to Philippians 3. We could be done. We could just go home right now if we wanted. But look at verse 7. Paul says, But what things were gained to me, these I count loss. Let me read it again and read it right. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Talking about the past. Verse 8. Yet indeed, it's a strong Greek phrase. Yet indeed I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and I count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. Stop right there. eyes up here. Not only does Paul look at what he had lost previously and said I counted all that. Loss for Christ. But you know what I'm doing today? In my suffering. Don't raise your hand, just stare at me. Are you suffering? Something? Are you losing something? As you grow older, as you lose your security, you lose your your ability, you lose things. Maybe it's not because you're getting older, but something's been shook in your life. And Paul says, I count all things, and I'm counting the things in my life right now. Current loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And those things which I've lost and those things which I'm losing now, they are rubbish in contrast and comparison to him. The word rubbish literally means manure. That's a 9 a.m. service word. I'll change it for the 11. Dung. I could keep going. Time out. Paul had just got done describing all of the things in his life that he had enjoyed previously. Of the stock of Israel. Mom and dad were both Hebrews. Of the tribe of Benjamin. Circumcised the eighth day. A Pharisee. Zealous. He was a man's man. He was a leader of leaders. One who people looked up to. People esteemed. People wanted to be like him. He was like, yeah, I lost all that. For the glory of knowing Christ. Some of us have lost things that were difficult things that were hard God took away things or maybe in your life you you lost things through pain and they weren't things that were celebrated and whether you're losing things that were great and esteemed by the world or maybe you're like me and you did things in your life and you ended up in Jackson County jail. God stripped you down before he built you back up. But the fruit of either was the knowledge of Christ that you know Jesus. Yesterday as I mentioned we were at this competition hundreds and hundreds of people and our shirt said Jesus is real and Jesus saves and a few people came out of the woodworks and gave us hugs. Where do you go to church at? That's so cool. You guys are crazy. I'm at, You know and they're like encouraged because they know what we know. They know Christ. They know Jesus. And yet if I was to tell the testimony of every person that was wearing a Jesus is real or Jesus saves shirt in order to know Christ there must be some loss. Because this world is not our home. I don't want to go through suffering. I don't want to go through loss. I don't want to go through mishap and details. I don't want to walk in brokenness. You know why? Because my heart is broken. My heart is easily deceived. My heart, your heart, our heart, parts of our heart love this world. We love the kingdoms of this world. We love the things of this world. And God looks at you and He says, hey, 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 hey. This world is cursed. This is not your eternal home. Don't store your treasure here, but in heaven where moth and rust and thief cannot destroy. This world is short-term. It's 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 short-lived. It's a lie. And yet you and I are deceived every single day. And so, you know what the Lord does? He allows brokenness. He will allow, He will even order difficulty into your life if you can handle it. He loves your heart enough to break your bones. There is a different type of preaching you can find at different churches it's the health, wealth, and prosperity preaching where preachers will say that if you give your life to Jesus, if you become a citizen of heaven, God's going to bless you monetarily. That if you're faithful and generous and sacrificially give, especially to my ministry, God's going to bless you. (laughs) Oh, that sounds great. Let's do that. Except that's not a universal gospel that doesn't get preached in impoverished nations and countries with no resources. Instead, the real gospel is not a gospel of poverty. Okay? Okay? but it's the gospel of heaven. That Jesus rescues us from us. And those things that you've lost, those things He says in verse 7, but what things were gained to me, these I have counted lost for Christ. And they're rubbish in contrast to Him that God has called us to greater things. God loves you enough to break your heart, to save your heart, in order that you wouldn't waste your life in order that you wouldn't miss the whole purpose. Did you know that there are myriads of men and women today that are missing the purpose of life? You guys know Paul's salvatory story, how he got saved? Living in contrast to Jesus Christ, and Jesus plowed down his row, shined a light in his eyes, put him on the ground, blinded him, saved him, brought back his sight, baptized him, and gave him his marching orders. Paul was a changed man. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. He says in verse 8, Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ, verse 9, and be found in Him not having my own righteousness which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. Paul, the most righteous man around, said, when I found Christ, I realized it was still not enough. And the righteousness, only the righteousness that is going to be accepted by God is found in him. In Christ. This is interesting coming from the Apostle Paul. Because he was indeed the most righteous man, blameless, had done everything right, and yet when he met Jesus Christ, he realized there's only one way into heaven, and it's through Jesus Christ, who had previously said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. And when you realize this about Jesus, what do you have right now in this world that's being shook? What do you have that's being tested, that's being taken from you? Are you in Jesus? What do you have to offer to the Lord this day? Paul said, I had a lot until I met him face to face. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And when you realize this, it's a beautiful letdown. That even your greatest efforts, your greatest deeds are but filthy rags. And yet when you found yourself hidden in Him. What's it say in verse 9 again? And be found in Him. Not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, what I can do but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. What are you holding on to this week? What sets you apart from this world? What sets you up for success and for victory? Is it you? Your works, your deeds, your effort, your value, your strength? No, no. You are in Him. And if you are in Him, you are the righteousness of God that comes by faith. What's it mean to be in the Lord? It means when the Lord sees you, he doesn't see you. He sees Jesus. Do you believe that? He sees Jesus. I still don't believe that because I'm acquainted with my mistakes, my problems, my failures, my shortcomings. Paul says, no, no. Your righteousness, even the best day, doesn't qualify. We had a pretty good day yesterday. We demonstrated our physical fitness with hundreds of other athletes. We tested ourselves and showed how strong we are and how much stamina we have and how much pain endurance we can do. Collectively, we burned 300,000 calories per workout. Pretty good, really. Pretty good, really. Until it was all over, we went to five guys. (laughs) And we fell short of the glory of God. And while we had done so good, we went there, and when I went there, I went, have you guys been to Five Guys before? When you order a cheeseburger at Five Guys, it just says cheeseburger, it's nine bucks, they put two patties on there, I don't know if you know that, and two slices of cheese, okay? It's 100,000 calories just for the burger. And I felt like I should have fries with it, so I got the fries, and then I felt like I should get the vanilla milkshake, because vanilla is a vegetable, isn't it a vegetable? It's like a bean, vanilla bean, I was like, I gotta get a vegetable, So I got the, and then she offered the whipped cream at the end. She said, you want whipped cream? I was like, what do I look like? Of course not. You know, I'm fit, you know. No whipped cream. True story. (laughs) Why am I telling this story? Where's the burger now? It's in me. It's hidden. You can't see it. It's hidden. It's been inside of me in the vanilla milkshake and the fries, just like those things that were not proud of are now inside the Lord he's hidden he's absorbed them and you might say and I might agree that the effects of that burger are seen given some time but so too Jesus took upon your sins and he dealt with them do you know that in heaven there's not going to be anything made by man minus one thing there's only one thing in heaven made by man the wounds upon our Savior, the ramifications of our five guys, of our sins, the things that you've done. He's taken them upon Himself that you might be the righteousness of God through faith. This is coming from Paul who's writing to the Philippian church, friends, what ails you today? What disturbs you? Have you lost something? Did you gain Christ? Did your life fall apart? Are you handicapped? Are you bankrupt? Paul is in jail awaiting death. He's lost more than you'll ever understand. And he's gained the same thing you and I share. God forbid that we live our lives any less rich, any less faithful than the Apostle Paul did. Don't glory in what you've had, glory in what you've lost, glory in Christ. Do you have the the world needs Jesus, and if you have Him, you're the ambassador of Christ. Everywhere you go, you have the fragrance of the knowledge of Jesus. Everywhere you go, we reject and we resist loss. We don't want to go through suffering. We don't want the doctor to call and say we need to run some more tests. We don't want to get old. We don't want to suffer. We don't want to fall apart. And the Lord says, that is where my glory shines through you. For this world is failing. It's fading. But Christ is forever. Focus on Him, church. And while the world is running around scared, we don't have to be. We don't have to be. Brethren, rejoice in the Lord. Again I say rejoice in the Lord. 19 times Paul says the word rejoice or joy in four chapters, just over 100 verses. Rejoice, rejoice. Hey Paul, you're in jail. Just, you know. Paul, you're going to die. Rejoice. Have you lost something? Listen, I love you. Have you lost something? I hope so hope you have for in that the Lord can get your attention for in that the Lord can make you a trophy of his grace a witness of his power don't let your weakness don't let your loss don't let the things that you have suffered not be redeemed for God's glory would you pray with me Lord, in Jesus' name, on this Pentecost Sunday, we ask You to fill us, Lord, with a newness of mind, Lord, a rightfulness of purpose, Lord, that direction would be ours in Jesus' name. It would be so simple, like Paul, maybe go back and read it again, Philippians 3, 7, 8, and 9, those things which I counted much are now lost for the righteousness, for the knowledge, the excellency of having Jesus. And Lord, I'll be the first to say, forgive me, Lord, for wanting more of what this world has to offer. Wanting to hang on to those things. Those things that You're ripping from our grip. May we let You have them. Knowing that our hearts, Lord, our hearts are secure in heaven. That we're going to be with You. Be not troubled. In this world, You will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I've overcome this world. And so Father, in Jesus' name, would you anoint us to live that way, to simply be the messengers and the witnesses and the men and women and the reflection, Lord, of glory and of heaven and of purpose and of Jesus, the excellence of knowledge. Every man here, every woman here that knows Jesus, let that be what we're identified by. Let that be our thing, that we know Jesus. We're not worried about this world. This is not our home. You can have it take it you can have this body this body of death take it have you lost something I hope so and may Jesus be what you have Lord would you bless us bless the Sunday school teachers Lord I've gone just a little bit long help them to forgive me bless us this week we trust you Lord would you give us that supernatural spiritual energy to do the things you call us to in our marriages and our parenting in Jesus name Lord, in our ministries and our family, help the church to rise up for the glory of God and the good of others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Hey, God bless you guys. Happy Pentecost Sunday. Be filled, be anointed. Walk in the things of God, repent of the things of the flesh, grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. God bless you. Hey sign up for the blood drive would you? Make sure there's enough blood flowing on that day. That's going to be on Thursday. There's some sign up sheets here. Show up 10 to 3 and just go for it. It's going to be awesome. Baccalaureate. Wednesday I want everyone here. It's going to be 6 o'clock. Come celebrate the seniors. Let them know Jesus is real. Bless them and love them. Pray for all the other things going on. Celebrate recovery on Tuesday. I love you guys. God bless you. Pray for the roofs. Grace wins haven. The trip to Mexico. If you want to give to that, you know what to do. Other than that, God bless you. You are dismissed.